0: Okay, we're going to move, move forward this morning, though I want to say real quick, um, if you don't believe in miracles, if you don't believe in miracles, I want to let you know that this morning is something I never, ever thought I would see in a worship. I never thought I'd see, period. And that is that um, Jimmy Rackey is wearing a Chicago Cubs World Series champion shirt. So if you don't believe in miracles, there it is right there. Go, cubs, go, yes. Um, all right. We, uh, we focus this morning on one singular verse in Matthew chapter 6. Um, we are going to do, I'm going to do a, a, a kind of a short two part series um, called um, First Things First. And I titled that, Greg and Debbie, before. The, um, the seminar that they did on Wednesday, which was wonderful, those of you that were here for that, it was a fantastic evening, um, but I know, and I'd forgotten who I was stealing it from, but then when you did the sign, I was like, oh yeah, I took that from Stephen Covey, um, which speaks to, to our priorities. We, um, ministries like this, like an, a shoebox, or um, food pantry, and pack a sack, and Sunday school teachers, and... Uh, the ways that, that we invest our lives and our resources. We do that because of, of one strong belief, and that is that when we invest our resources in the work of God's kingdom, God changes lives. That's, that's why we do it. When we invest resources, these, these boxes are not just boxes. We believe that, that the lives of children will be changed. Sunday school teachers teach Every week, because they believe that their time, and they know that their time changes lives. And, and Bible study teachers, and I mean, we could go through every ministry of the church, whether they, they're ministries that are geared toward serving the world or whether they're ministries geared towards serving our community, because lives are changed. And so, our challenge today and next week, and really every week, is to make God our priority to put the things of God first in our lives and the opportunities that God calls us to serve him, to make him our priority and to allow him in our lives and into the lives of others um, to change hearts, to change spirits, to to work his his power in and through us. And so with that in mind, we, we turn to our one verse in Matthew 6, 33. Now, if you were here two weeks ago, you heard this verse. It's embedded in this section of Scripture that I read from that talked about worry. The last two weeks, we've talked about worry, and we've talked about putting our hope in Christ and not in the powers of this world. Um, I wasn't building, I, you know, I wasn't planning it to kind of, kind of address what a lot of us are struggling with at this particular time, you know, or, or the frustrations that we're feeling, but, but it's kind of laid the foundation for us. And and that one verse that we look at today is this. Here's God's word for this morning. Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Brothers and sisters, we pray God blessing on that reading, on the reading of his word, and invite you to join me for a word of prayer. Lord, we, uh, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts in these moments and we'd be open to your word and to your challenge and to the opportunity we have to grow in faith. We pray in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus speaks to us about priorities. And doesn't that sound easy? And it's so simple. It's so basic. It's so obvious. Just put the things of God first. It's not rocket science, but it may be the hardest thing we have to do in life. Life experience, my experience, my challenges in my personal life, my experience as a pastor, my conversations with you, tell me that though it sounds so easy, that it may very well be the hardest thing we do in life to seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness. Because the reality is that everything in life, everything in life has the potential to become number one for us. Any and everything has the potential to become for us our priority. Everything competes with our spirits, in our spirits, with our prioritization of, of God and our faith seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you it is so easy but it is so hard to do and what happens is things begin to take god's place they become number one for us and what do we call it when something other than god becomes our number one priority you know what do we call that idolatry exactly we call it idolatry And what do we call those things or people that become number one for us? They become our idols. Exactly. They become our idols. And we all struggle with idolatry. We all struggle with idols. Now, when I say that, what what likely happens is when I talk about idols, you conjure up an image it, t- it takes you someplace there's any number of places that word or any triggers memories or thoughts that that word could trigger for some um it can be the the, the pedestal that we put celebrities on um, athletes musicians idols there are idols there are rock stars there are, are um, you know teen idols any number of things but we think of that kind of culture maybe that's where where you go American idol you know, the idea we're going to create an idol. Um, maybe you go there. Or maybe you think more kind of in a, a biblical mindset of, of those things that, that people will bow down to and actually worship. Which goes on in, in all parts of the world. Where shrines and, and images and statues that people will actually bow down and worship. And so what might be, think, might be happening is you may be well, I have a problem with that. I don't idolize celebrities or athletes, and I, and I don't bow down to, to graven images. So idolatry is not a problem. But is it? Is it? Mike Slaughter has a definition of idolatry. Mike Slaughter is the pastor up at Ginghamsburg United Methodist Church in um, Ohio. And this is Mike's definition of idolatry. He says, anything or anyone that receives the primary focus of my energy or resources that should first belong to God. Anything or anyone that receives my primary focus of my energy and resources that should first belong to God is idolatry. Another pastor, and I've heard this a few times, said it in a more succinct way. He said, idolatry... Are good things that become God things, and that's a bad thing. Good things that become God things, and that's a bad thing. And the reality is, we always have idols around us. That there are always things that are competing for our number one priority and our allegiance. They're in our homes, they're in our relationships, they're in our, our family connections, they're in our careers, they're in our stadiums. There's no end to the places where we struggle with allowing anyone or anything to take the place of God. And again, they're not inherently bad. I want you to hear that definition. They're good things until they become God things, and then it's a bad thing. We have to ask ourselves, are we allowing God other things to begin to take the place of God as our number one priority, as our number one mover, if you will. When we think about that, or if you're like me and you think about that, you think about idolatry, you think about the history of the, the people of Israel, God's people, God's chosen people, delivered out of slavery, you know, chosen by God for, for unique responsibility. And yet, if you, if you know the story of, of the Old Testament, uh, you know that over and over again they, forsake God, they would forsake God and they would turn to idols in false worship. And over and over again, um, God would become angry with them. And there was a price to pay for their unfaithfulness. In Second Kings chapter 17, we read about one of those such times in the history of Israel. We read of the northern kingdom of Israel that had begun as was the habit and the cycle to forsake the things of God. And they began to, to, they stopped worshiping God and they stopped um, the practices of faith in which they had been called to. And they began to adopt the faiths and the practices of, of the nations around them. And they constructed false gods and shrines and images and they'd worship them. And God's hand was removed, his, his favor was removed from them. And in 2 Kings 17 we read that the nation of, of Israel, the northern kingdom, was overthrown by the Assyrians and the people were carried off into captivity. Now what would often happen when nations would overthrow a nation and the people would be ca- taken off into captivity, they'd move their own people in. Into the area of Samaria and the, this northern kingdom. And so, you know, people from other nations came into Israel. They began to settle, and they began to bring in their, their gods and their faiths. And the people further um, turned to the false gods. And bad things started happening. I'm just going to put it in a nutshell. Bad things started happening. And the Assyrians started to think, well, we got a problem here. Maybe these people need to return to their faith. You know, they, they had a belief in a number of gods, and they thought the, the God of this nation's upset, and they need to return to the faith. And so they released some priests to come back into the kingdom to teach the people how to worship, to reintroduce them to the faith that they had been called to. And they began to worship God again. I want you to hear what is written in Second Kings chapter 17, verse 33. This is what it says. It says, They worshiped the Lord. Now, that's good, right? They worshiped the Lord, but they also served their own gods in accordance with the customs of the nations from which they had been brought. I want you to hear that. They worshiped the Lord, but also. But also, the face, the practices of the other nations, they began to let other things be included in their their. Practices of faith. They began to let other things still step in front of their faithfulness to God because God said, you shall have no other gods before me, but not here, but also. And and the challenge for us, I mean, we we looked at that, but the challenge for us is, what is that for us? What are the, 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 the but also's of our lives that we allow to begin to crowd in and to get in the way of our prioritizing our relationship with God and our faithfulness to God? Because over and over, that was the practice of the people of Israel. In fact, if you remember the story of Moses, and and remember the miraculous thing God does through Moses, and he, he leads his people out of bondage, out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt, and they cross the Red Sea, and they get away from the armies of of Pharaoh, and they're, they're on their way to this promised land, and God delivered them in every way. He fulfilled every promise that he had spoken to them, and when they get into the wilderness, you remember, God, Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with God, and this powerful meeting with God, and that thunder, and the lightning, and he's up there for weeks, and while he's up on the mountain, the people get antsy, and they turn to Aaron, and this is in Exodus 32, 33, they turn to Aaron, and they say, I'm going to paraphrase. Maybe we had the wrong God all along. Make us a God. And they melt down their gold, and Aaron makes an image of a golden calf, and the people bow down and worship. Hear what they say in Exodus 32, verse 2 These are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. These are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. What happened is, they began to worship the creation, not the creator. They began to worship the gifts, not the giver. And they turned away from the God who had just delivered them out of slavery, who had just done all these miraculous things, who had just proven his love for them. And they turned to false gods. And we read that, and I read that, and I go, you've got to be kidding me. I read that and I think these have to be the dumbest people alive. But I wonder how much we are willing to turn that magnifying glass on ourselves. I wonder how much we are willing to ask ourselves, where have we started to worship the false gods? Where have we started to worship the creation and not the creator? Where have we started to worship the gifts and not the giver. Because in Romans chapter 1, Paul warns the church. He tells that story. He, ta- he refers to that story and he says, they traded, they traded the immortal God and worshipped the images of mortal humans and birds of the air. They traded their inheritance and their blessing for the false pursuits and the empty pursuits of this world. And the challenge for us is where have we done the same? What are the things in your life that begin to take God's place? Because anything can become an idol. Good things that become God things and that's a bad thing. It could be your careers. Your desire to achieve. That's not a bad thing. But it is when it becomes number one. You know what? When I'm going to start meddling now, but when I uh, when I served the ch- a church in Tampa um, uh, about 15 years ago, uh, it was during the the glory years of the Buccaneers. It was it was the you know the the eight, late 90s, early early aughts when when it was a lot of fun to be a bucks fan. The year they won the Super Bowl, I was there, and we had a lot of season ticket holders uh, in the church. And I tell you what, I could tell you, I could look. At an attendance chart of numbers and I could tell you even today if you showed me the attendance charts from those years I could tell you the Sundays the Bucks had a home game because half church didn't show up even if the game was at four o'clock because you have to tailgate right right oh good things that become God things what's the priority now look I'm not living in a glass house throwing stones I struggle with that too Basketball season's upon us. Duke Basketball's starting off. I'm getting ready to celebrate another championship this year. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Well, I just set myself up for some abuse, didn't I? Um, I know how we can do that. I know how easy it is to put those things, and they're not bad things, but they are when they become our priorities. Let me tell you one of my struggles. One of my false gods is free time, downtime. Days in which I get, which are not common, but where I have nothing on the schedule. They're my favorite days ever. I love a day where there's nothing on the calendar. And, and I'll tell you, the priority of my life that I struggle, that I strive for, that I don't get perfect, is, is my faith first, God's call upon my life, my family second, the church third, and then everything else. And I'll tell you, sometimes on those Saturdays maybe that I have nothing, I'll let my downtime get over in front of my family time. I will protect that time of having nothing to do even when I ought to be more attentive to the time that God's given me with Tony and with Ryan and with Cassie because I've misplaced my priority. Now I want to tell you, I, that doesn't happen with worship because I have to be here. Um, it'd be interesting if I didn't show up on Sunday what you do? Um, actually, there's some preachers in this congregation. We can step them up. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, but it, our priorities get out of whack. And, and so what happens, we, we have our false gods. I'll tell you another one of mine, not that this is my self-confession, but I'll tell you what a false god for me can be. Your affirmation, your approval, your compliments, and oh, pastor, great sermon. Oh, pastor, that was good. Oh, pastor, we love you so much. That can become a false god. Because what happens when God's call in my life is to preach the sermon you're not gonna wanna hear? What happens when God's calling my life is to preach the sermon that you're going to walk out of here going, I don't want to hear him again. (laughs) The prophetic sermon, the challenging sermon, the uncomfortable sermon. Who do I seek to please? It's easy for things to become false gods and it happens in every aspect of our life. It happens in every phase of our life. Even religion can be a false god. When you are... Affirmation comes with knowing more verses or attending more Bible studies or being more faithful on Sunday than others. It can become a false God. Are we willing to turn the lens, the magnifying glass in our own lives and ask, Lord, where have I let other things, good things in my life become God things? Where have I allowed those things to get in in front of my desire to be faithful and obedient to you? Because what happens is those things are empty things. In the wrong priority, they're empty things. I want you to hear what the psalmist writes. He says in Psalm 135, he says, The idols of the nations are silver and gold, made by human hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. Nor is there breath in their mouths. Here's this. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. We become like the gods that we choose. Is it any wonder that so many are feeling empty inside, that the pursuits have left them hollow? Because we've chosen pursuits that have no impact, no value, no that make no lasting difference. We've chosen the pursuits that have eyes but cannot see and mouths but cannot speak and ears but cannot hear. We've chosen to chase the materialism, the celebrity, the fashion, the material comforts and in and of themselves they're not bad but when they become our priority we get left feeling hollow because they have no value one of the most powerful quotes that i've ever heard from a preacher by the name of francis chan is this and this this really challenges me and maybe it challenges you he says the greatest fear should not be a failure the greatest fear should not be a failure but of succeeding in things in life that don't really matter the greatest fear in life should not be a failure, but of succeeding in things in life that don't really matter. How frightening a thought for me to get to the end of my life, to get to my time and to stand before God and find out the things I invested my life in didn't really matter. That they didn't have an eternal impact. That I gave myself to the pursuits of the things that got in the way of the things that God has called me to. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. God seeks to bless us and to, and to fill us and that doesn't always mean our bank accounts but to fill us with blessings that are far greater when we have the right priorities in our lives. What are the good things in your life that have become God things and in such doing have become bad things? So here's the questions I want to leave you with. The challenge is to ask yourself. Our challenge, our call, is to go after Jesus, to pursue Jesus and his call upon our lives, to pursue Jesus and the things that matter to him and the life that he's called us to. So ask yourself this. What's his competition in my life? What is his competition? What's the competition that God faces in my life? Because we need to identify and we need to eliminate that competition. I'm not saying remove it from our lives, but remove it from the number one position in our lives and so here's some questions to ask yourself this who sets your schedule who sets your schedule first and foremost what is it that you pursue and what is it you desire secondly is this when you have a decision to make who is it you're thinking of what is it you're thinking of when you face a big decision I want to tell you how many of us make decisions and I'm guilty of this I make a decision And then I go, Lord, I hope you bless this. I hope this is okay. Rather than starting with prayer, rather than starting with a deep desire to know what God's will for my life is and then moving in that direction, I move in the direction that is my will for my life and hope God comes along. Who do you think of when you make your decisions? What are you pursuing? There's a question. Second is this. Who do you seek approval from? Who do you seek approval from? Who is it that I said, when blank is happy, then I am happy. When blank is happy, then I am happy. Again, am I saying that it's, not, that it's wrong for you to want to seek the approval of, of your spouse or your children or your parents or your co-workers? No. But if that's ultimately your validation, then you've put something in front of God. It goes back to that, that, that sermon example I gave. When my validation, when I seek first and foremost to please you rather than to please the God who's called me into ministry, then my priorities are upside down. My priorities are upside down. Who is it that you seek to please? Who and what do your prayers revolve around? If your prayers are all about you, then guess where your idol is? It's you. It's selfishness. It's self-serving. Who and what do your prayers revolve around and then lastly, is this, and this is where we're setting up for next week, so get ready. Where does your money go? Where does your money go? We all have a theological statement. It's our, called our checkbooks, or our credit card bills, or whatever way you spend money. Where's your money go? Are you storing it up in the treasures of this earth? Matthew, Jesus talks about that in Matthew 6, where moth and rust destroy. Or you store your treasures in heaven, in the things of God. Where does your money go? We're gonna, again, we're gonna talk about that next week. But before we get to that question, we've gotta examine our priorities. We've gotta examine who's number one. And this is the challenge for me and for you. Make God your priority. Ask God to show you the good things in your life that you've turned into God things. And get it straight. And seek God his kingdom, his righteousness. Pursue Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, challenge us where we need to be challenged. Shape us where we need to be shaped. Forgive us where we need your forgiveness. And help us to pursue the things of Christ. We pray in his holy name. Amen and amen.